that you haven't seen it. Love it so much you really gotta stream it. Let me tell you every line right now. I can quote the whole thing since I was 12. Maybe your mom told you no. She said she wouldn't give you any money to go. And that's why movies we missed. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of Movies We Missed. I am your host, Brandon Greenhouse, alongside my lovely co-host, Jane Kathy Hammer. Um, and before we get into the episode for this week, um, a lot of people want to keep tabs on us, find out what's going on with us. Um, mm. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at mm. Movies We Missed. And you can even find us tweet, 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 tweeting away over on the number one uh rated uh by some people a twitter account uh, for as <laughs> long as we're willing to maintain twitter given everything that's going on there today and maybe gone tomorrow by mm-hmm. our own volition we um, may have to pay for our blue check <laughs> you may have to pay for it um mm-hmm. because who's ver- there's a verified uh d-bag uh running things <laughs> over there but if you want to go you can find us at mwm chat over on twitter jane how are you doing today you know, I'm doing great. I'm feeling good. good. Christmassy. You know, I'm in the spirit, <laughs> given our, our movie choices this week. And, you know, we just ended spooky season in real life, but this is going to be coming out right around the, you know, the, the holiday cool down. So I'm excited. I'm ready for it, it. It's very much Jane wanted us to diversify this year. Um, mm. So she actually gave us a Kwanzaa movie to start everything out because she was like <laughs> she was like we're doing it all we're spinning dreidels this year um well you know i am um i am half jewish so maybe <laughs> maybe i'll surprise us all and do a hanukkah movie but i actually don't know of any hanukkah movies educate you, yourself educate yourself do you know any kwanzaa movies brandon <laughs> well that's not that's not like that <laughs> that isn't something i didn't grow up with kwanzaa though I know, but I'm just saying you said Kwanzaa to me earlier, which is why I said that. Oh, no, I don't. But I, I just mean, meant, like, I meant educate I think... ourselves in general. I didn't mean just because you're black, you would have celebrated Kwanzaa. That's what I you know. meant. But no, you're... you won't get me got on this podcast. <laughs> you, do your, you, do your back, you do your backtrack, though. Um, I don't, off the top of my head. I'm trying to think of a movie that I may know that, like, I'm trying to think of a movie that has, like, Kwanzaa elements in it, which I, I can think of movies that do, but they're not coming to me right now. But I know there are movies where it's, like, they go into, like, the story of, like, Kwanzaa, and they are escaping me, um, mm. which, you know, maybe means that we need to, we need to take a look. I think uh, the, the fact of the matter is, is that there's none on the Hallmark Channel. That's a problem. Yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, something maybe, like, Courtney's Kwanzaa King. Something Ooh, like that. Oh, I love it. Starring who? Um, Tatiana Ali. Ooh, yes. I love it. I love it. Because there's nothing that Hallmark does better than bringing back, like, someone Child, who... Former child A childhood star. star. Yeah, exactly. And empowering them in new and interesting ways. Absolutely. And putting them in a leather jacket with loose curls. We love to see it, and that's how you know that the full transformation is underway, baby. We're we're giving when they start giving that bad Sandy tease, you mm-hmm. know, you know that there's change afoot, and we're gonna watch hella growth. And if they start out in a leather jacket, then at the end of the mm-hmm. movie, they're going to be in a cable knit like turtleneck sweater, or like oh, I was gonna go with like a like a like a what are they called? Like a summer dress? 
Did I make that up? Is that not a thing? Um, I, I, sundress. I just meant su- sundress. Oh, I okay. I can think of sundress. I, I was summer trying to figure out what you meant. Like a, a dress you wear in the summer. Sure, that could be anything. But the sundress, I see what you're saying. Jane, earlier this week, mm. I sent you a video of straight men <laughs> kissing for the first time. It's, it was on YouTube. Um, what did you think? What did you think of that? Okay, so to give everyone a little explanation, it was a video from The Cut, and it was um, straight men kissing other straight men for the first time. So not just kissing anyone in general, but it was like straight men who had never kissed another man kissing each other for the first time. And I had, I was a, like, I felt a lot of things while watching it. First of all, it was really funny. Second of all, it was really, like, I felt, like, a large amount of discomfort in, like, the, I was, like, nervous. Because yes. they, like, first they, like, they, like, bring in the subjects and, like, ask them why they're doing this and, like, what they're hoping to get out of it and what their experiences have been like and whatever. And there's so much anticipation before the actual kiss. And then they pair they pair them up. And like, I found myself feeling like I was participating in it. That's like how nervous I was. It was, it was that so it was the edit they did. They, they yeah, they, they really did sort of like build that suspense with those quick cuts. And mm-hmm. like, integrating the slow mo at certain points. They really mm-hmm. they built up the drama. It was really funny to me because for a couple of them, it was like, you already know what this is. You've been watching this for years. <laughs> oh, really? You think some of them were lying? No, I no, I said you've been wanting this for years. Oh, you've been so wanting like, this for years. Yeah, okay. you know you're gonna like it. Well, guy in the guy in the Cubs jersey was like all was about li- it. Was living was living <laughs> his, his best life. Which um, like I appreciated the honesty in that moment. They were all pretty honest. There was one guy who there there's one guy who was like who said to the guy he kissed, he was like, You were kinda all over the place, like you were chaotic. Like like basically telling him it wasn't a good kiss. And I was like, That's rude as hell. Y'all are being like open books here, sharing new experiences together, and you come on camera and be like, You weren't a good kisser? Well, it's also like let's take into account like the circumstances and like maybe it's the stress of the situation as well. Right, that the kiss wasn't that good. They were really coming for each other. There was a couple that I also was like, "You're a boring kiss." I can already tell because it was like all the rules. And then like I hated like I hated all the the rule conversation. Like, what are we gonna do with our hands? It was like just like figure it out. Like, don't try and like you can't choreograph this. That's gonna be weird. Like, yeah, if you keep them like... to your side, you're that's kind of crazy behavior um <laughs> but like one of them was like the, the two that were like can, can i touch your face it's like yeah can i touch yours yeah i was like All i right. mean as 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 a person i appreciated asking for consent in that moment can oh consent's always good oh, yeah, yeah always good woke woke queen <laughs> i have no problem but with that I- it was just but like I will this... say, no, 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 let me, let me just say, I, I understand what you're saying in that sense where it was like, there's a, obviously like there is consent already because they're both there and they're both consented to kissing each other. So I know I'm being a little bit too much, but I do think like the conversation about what they were supposed to do was like kicking the can down the road a little bit and, you know, sort of trying to get like the nerves out maybe i think you're right i think also it was they kissed twice in the video and yeah. some of them were having the conversation after like the first kiss had happened and i thought whatever you did the first time just do that again just be a mm-hmm. normal person like 
it's just weird to try and like prepare for where your hand's gonna go in a kiss to me it's mm-hmm. like yeah keep it to your side or like touch touch your homie's shoulder if you feel like it like i don't know what to tell you but it was just like a funny thing to be like okay and then like i'm gonna put my left hand on your shoulder and then i'm gonna put my right hand on your lower back I feel like talking, I feel like those two talking about the logistics of it was them trying to take, like, any, like, possible, like, sexual chemistry out of it. Like, remove. We're literally just pain by numbers here. Yeah, we're reapproaching this like, like, we're, you know what I mean? Like a math problem together. Which is also funny to me, too, because it's like you're the type of person who agreed to do this on like camera in front of people but mm-hmm. you also still are trying to perform a very specific kind of masculinity even within this space because it's like mm-hmm. you want everybody to know that like this is this is nothing more nothing less than a purely scientific and clinical experiment right um but a couple of them i saw i saw like a little little something a little glimmer and i was like little hard eyes y'all, y'all should exchange numbers exchange those, those um, instagram handles as the tots say um and keep tabs on, e- on each other well i also thought it was a funny experiment too like it kind of caught me off guard because as a person who has kissed every gender like i <laughs> slut um I like there to me there's literally no difference it's between it's just like the person you're kissing that is the thing that is different but has nothing to do with like the gender of that person in my opinion it doesn't have anything to do with the gender of that person things that that I think are different though um from my experience um are like skin sometimes is different I feel like in my in my experience like skin sometimes can be softer Mm-hmm. um also like but in my that can vary from person to person right? i know i know yeah. but i do but i do find that in my experiences women tend to have softer lips and like softer skin mm-hmm. in general around their around their mouths also mm-hmm. when you get into accoutrement like i always lipstick can be a little bit okay of like yeah. it can because it gets in your lips and then it's a sure. that's a whole thing um and then men in general, sometimes you just come away from a kiss from, like, a person who has, not, I should say men, but, like, a person who has a beard or, like, mm-hmm. traditionally masculine features. Uh, like, sometimes when you have a mustache or a beard, then you come mm-hmm. away and you've got, like, a burn kind of happening on your face. Mm-hmm. And I know because I've seen it on fairer skin people, it looks like sometimes a little bit like raised and welty for a, for a quick sec. Um, I remember my friends, like, I think it was, like, uh, it was it was some after party for like a prom or whatever. She was like making out very hardcore with her boyfriend, and like had horrible beard burn and mm-hmm. like beard burn. That's what's called her whole her whole like like um, area underneath her nose and beneath her upper basically like mustache area and chin area were like so red. It looked she had like a goatee and it like stayed for several days. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh no. That's a that's... real thing. And different people's <laughs> hair is different, like different sort of like totally. uh, textures. So sometimes it like you're totally fine. And then other times if a person has a thicker or like a more coarse type hair, then mm-hmm. it does that to you. I remember early on in my in my journey when I was mm. trying to figure it all out and put the pieces together, um, <laughs> the gayest pieces ever to that puzzle. But when I was trying to put them together, I remember making out with a with a boy and then like my and then like having like this sort of rash around and i was like what did he give me 
<laughs> and then it was like, two days later it was like and it was like oh it was literally like i remember i asked somebody about it like a friend and they're like it's just probably just like rough hair and they were correct yeah um yeah so um speaking of awkward kisses with no chemistry i'd love for us to start chatting about the movie if you've oh, you, got you... that on the agenda uh, absolutely absolutely okay. and this time craig david isn't needed because i don't need anybody to fill me in <laughs> i watched it and i wrote about it so if you are about that life uh-huh. like you claim uh-huh. to be all the time i'm always um, about that life baby <laughs> you're about that synopsis Who life gonna check me i am about that synopsis synopsis life I can't Ooh. say it, but I'm about it. I can't okay. say it, but I'm about it. Well, how about you prove it? How about you prove it right <laughs> now? You read them and you weep, and you start okay. reading your synopsis. Okay. Why don't Mama? you put your listen? Why don't you put your listening cap on? Where is it? It's got it on. Ugh. Okay. A Christmas melody? More like a Christmas felony. Take Mariah Carey straight to prison for this catastrophe. LOLJK, I don't believe in the prison system, but someone needs to give us some answers for this one. To quote another very famous podcast, how did this get made? I never thought I'd live to see the day when our golden voice Chanteuse was associated with something so cheap. That being said, I enjoyed every delicious minute. We follow our heroine, Kristen Parson, as she packs her bags and moves her and her daughter from Los Angeles back to her hometown of Silver Falls, Ohio. The boutique she opened up in Los Angeles has gone under and she really has no choice but to leave. Also, the widowed mother of one has been left a free, large Victorian home from her father, which I guess in today's economy is reason enough to make the move to Ohio. Kristen and her daughter Emily arrive in dire straits, but at least there's a roof over their head. They have family around in the form of their quirky Aunt Sarah, who runs the town diner, and the drive to start all over again. Everyone in town is shocked to see Kristen. She was the high school hottie with big dreams, and seeing her back in small town Ohio brings on mixed feelings from this tight-knit community. The head of the PTA, Melissa McKeon Atkinson, played by an extremely well-lit Mariah Carey, is threatened by Kristen. Why is unclear, but one thing is for sure. Emily, Kristen's nine-year-old, isn't going to outshine Melissa's nine-year-old in the Snowflake concert on Christmas Eve. Despite Kristen trying to get Emily an audition for the show, Melissa won't budge. Kristen decides to go straight to the source, the choir teacher, Mr. Danny Collier. Danny is also a former classmate of Kristen's. He's thrilled to see her, even though she doesn't remember who he is. He had a huge crush on her back in high school, and as soon as he sees her, you can tell he's hoping to rekindle the flame. Mr. Collier, of course, lets Emily audition. And not only does she pass the flying colors, she's granted a solo song at the end of the show. As the weeks go on, Mr. Collier grows closer to the Parsons. He and Emily decide to write an original song for the Snowflake concert, but they're keeping the content top secret. 
Yes, it's very good and normal to have secret meetings with your teacher as a nine-year-old and keep the contents of those meetings under wraps. I love that for them. It doesn't make me feel nervous at all. You just have to remind yourself you're watching the Hallmark Channel and not Investigation Discovery. Danny and Kristen engage in a classic will they or won't they with stakes so low you almost end up hoping it doesn't work out. Emily starts up another inappropriate relationship with an adult in the school who looks suspiciously like old St. Nick. This girl will not stop collecting adult male friends. Right before the big show, Kristen's best friend Kayla shows up at their doorstep straight from L.A., and she comes with the offer of a lifetime. She's shown Kristen's designs from her boutique to the owner of a department store. He's ready to fund a fashion line for Kristen and sell it at their stores. All she has to do is sign on the dotted line and move back to L.A.? But what about the seed of love planted into Kristen and Danny's hearts? What about Emily's illustrious singing career at Silver Falls Elementary? What about the beautiful free Victorian house they've just settled into? What's a girl and her daughter to do the day before Christmas Eve? Will they abandon the life they've started to love in Silver Falls? Will Kristen give up an incredible opportunity for a man with a music teacher salary? Does Danny have family money we don't know about? Find out some of these answers in 2015's A Christmas Melody. Mm. Mm. It's, as, it's as juicy. It's as juicy as you laid out. Bravo. We dove in. <laughs> Bravo to you, Jenny. This Thank is a Christmas you. melody directed by one Miss Mariah Carey, mm-hmm. released on December nineteenth, twenty fifteen. It raked in for our television viewers. It raked in about three point nine five million viewers and was one of like the most seen Hallmark movies that year. So how do you check her credentials? <laughs> I love how it's one of the most seen, not one of the most celebrated. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no, people, it was, people, people tuned in to see the train wreck that was going to be this movie, for sure. And I mean, there, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. Um, mm. It starts with uh, Lacey Chabert's um, Kristen, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Did you say? Did you say Lacey Chabert's? Did you give her an S at the end of her name? I, I was possessive. I meant it started with. Oh, Lacey. oh, I see. I see. I get it. Lacey Chabert's. She. There was a moment I was gonna. I was gonna reference where there's an unhoused person outside who's given off a little bit of Saint Nicholas vibes. Mm. Um, and Lacey's walking by. She's emptying out her business, and this person clearly is is looking in is looking for some sort of like financial support or like maybe food, some some sort of sustenance. And Lacey pulls out of her box the first five dollar bill that her business owned, and she's like. Maybe it's this frame. will bring you. It's in, it's, in a glass it's in frame. A frame, and she's like, maybe this will bring you more luck than it brought me. And I was just like, first of all, why, don't try and put your trauma and your BS <laughs> on this person, okay? Okay, he does not want to hear your tale of woe as you get into right. your car, okay? Exactly, because like, I'm sure if this is a competition, you have a car to get into and a free house in Ohio. <laughs> exactly, so you're gonna be just fine. Yeah, um, it's so obnoxious. But she hands it to him, and it's like you've it's like you've got to like withstand a, a bit of her story. So I mean, it doesn't come free. <laughs> but here you go. Yeah, she's I've, that is a theme throughout this movie. I feel like anybody who asks, like in the beginning, she just unloads on them, like the teacher, the administrator at the school. Oh, oh, like, you know, I wrote that down. Yeah, 
she's just like she's dropping Emily off at school for the first time and the, the administrator's like she says she's like welcome and she's like this is a really big move for us and i'm just worried i hope her teachers and it's like nobody asked girl i don't honest i swear to you i don't even think that i don't think that woman said welcome <laughs> I, think, I think she was literally just trying to get some clerical work done to start her day off and i think that lacy chabert attacked her with tales of woe and it's like <laughs> i don't understand why you left la to be completely honest it's I, unclear truly. like what's going on with her business why she why she packed up she has one friend who loves a good maxi dress and like is <laughs> is around not really helping but just sort of like just whining okay. and giving us exposition okay so this is my Haley. favorite part of the movie Haley, i thought it was kaylee i don't know it's Haley or kaylee whatever She's does anyone who has a kid named kaylee know if their kid's name's actually kaylee or if it's no Haley? no I don't except for marshall know. mathers that's true. That is Haley for sure. Um, mm. But this is my favorite scene. It's like the second scene of the movie. And Tara and I were laughing so hard because it's like the conversation is just shoehorned with exposition. And you find out in this one scene, I'm going to read you all in this one exchange. I'm going to read you all of the things that we get from this conversation. Give it up. Okay. She says, Kaylee, you are my best friend. Kaylee or Haley. So we find out they're best friends. <clears throat> we find out. She goes, you are a designer. We find out she's a designer. She was in overhead and lost her business. She's moving to her dad's house in Ohio for free. She has an aunt Sarah. She has a daughter. Her best friend, Kaylee, is a wedding Haley. dress designer. <laughs> Whatever the it's Haley. It is, it is Haley. Is it Haley? It okay. I did, I did the labor. You did the work. Okay. <laughs> One of us had to. Her best friend, Haley, is a wedding dress designer for Butler's Department Store. Kristen taught Haley everything she knows. Haley's daughter's... I'm sorry. Kristen's daughter's dad is dead. And Emily, Kristen's daughter, is into music. These are all the points that we found. I think Tara countered it. It was like 14 points of exposition within this like one five minute scene. Three minute scene. For this actress who's got like two scenes in the movie. And it's just exactly. like, I'm just a device to like hit Lacey Chabert. <laughs> also, I read that apparently like they brought Mariah on first, which isn't a surprise. But Mariah mm -hmm. like insisted on like her schoolmate being the person being has a schoolmate being Lacey Chabert because Lacey Chabert is quote unquote her favorite actress from her favorite movie, which is Mean Girls. I don't doubt that Mean Girls is her favorite movie. I don't buy that Lacey <laughs> Chabert is Mariah Carey's favorite actress though. Really? You just think they couldn't do get you? Like Adams? <laughs> like based on what? Like based okay. on what? Show me the like <laughs> like Party of Five and Mean Girls, I Gretchen no Wieners. Idea. What else? I need I more don't than know. that. Because you, if somebody's your favorite actor, you need to tell me more than two things they did. You know what I need? You know what I need? I need glasses covered in Vaseline to believe the on the, to believe that that Kristen. And Mariah Carey's Melissa McKeon so, Atkinson went to high school together because they so, are literally twelve years apart. <laughs> they are twelve. They are twelve years apart. And based on this math, if you listen to the last episode, then I can pull off twenty-three because <laughs> the numbers add up very similarly, baby. Um, so yeah, it is. Which not is how we know that we are not 
we're not nobody's being fooled the wool is firmly off of our eyes we get it but you know we're gonna probably it, I, I wanted to wait to talk about it because it really is the piece de resistance of the movie <laughs> um but I'll lightly mention, yeah, it's more than Gasoline Baby, okay? Because they've got Mimi looking like a whole-ass Bratz doll in this film. There is... They have brought in the Imagineers, and they have given them work to do, okay? Let's, I mean, I, I, let's just talk about it, because we want to talk, talk about, about it. it. Let's, let's just talk about, about it. it. Let's talk about it. Okay. I mean, I have a ton of things to say. I'm sure you have a ton of things to say. Yep. My first... The first... <laughs> when i saw mariah carey first appear on screen i was shocked. her her i was absolutely flabbergasted like i could not believe what i was seeing first of all like her lighting is so different from she has she has a different <laughs> she might i really thought we were talking about it, i was like it looks like she shot her scenes in a different place from everybody else. It, I was like, did they shoot these scenes like afterwards so she could be quote in the director's chair? There's <laughs> one scene where it's her and the actress playing her daughter in the shot together, and like a, it's like a, it's two people in the shot. Yeah. Oh, there's only one, and they're wide shots. Uh-huh. Every other shot of Mariah Carey, she is about. Well, we know she's not 200 feet from stardom, okay? But she is 200 <laughs> feet from these child actors. And, and from every actor. From every actor, from every player in this movie, she is in her own orb. And they have seen to it that every shot be framed that way. Because it's a part yes. of the reason why, like, her character, like, is it's just like, her, her character isn't melded into this world. And At a all. big part of that, and Dave actually said, because he was like, they clearly went in and did something with her face in this movie and he thinks that that's a part of why she was the only one in the shots because they had to like they were working specifically on her visage and i i I don't know they also only shot her with head-on shots and it was like it was i don't know if that choice was like the i i don't know why that choice was made but it, it was very confusing and the lighting was so bright that you could barely see her nose. She's blown out. She's yeah. blown out because of how bright the light is. And she's, the, <laughs> and it's also even more jarring because she's the only one who's getting this exactly. animatronic like treatment. You know, everybody else is like people with facial wrinkles and, you know, <laughs> facial features, facial features and foreheads that move. And right. then it goes to her, and it's like, I mean, everything is just a suggestion. You were just getting a <laughs> suggestion of a human being. We also all know that well, Mariah Carey like... doesn't actually look like this in real life, so it's also no. funny to me because it's like, there's so many images of you, though. Like, exactly. And I get that this is being preserved, uh, I mean, in, I don't know, not in the Library of Congress, something tells me, but like <laughs> in like the annals of like Hallmark, but like... <laughs> I don't understand why we went this far because it's like that face doesn't move. That face it, doesn't, a brow is, a brow was <laughs> ne'er furrowed. Like it is, she's just saying the lines. And I, and Mariah Carey, the other movie that I've seen Mariah Carey in was Push, was, well, was Precious based on the novel Precious. Push by Sapphire. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And in that movie, she gave, like, a very compelling and, like, gritty performance. And, like, it was deeply felt. And, like, it wasn't mm-hmm. a big part, but it was an impactful part. And I remember she thinking, did, like, she did Whoa. really well in that movie. And I think the yes. thing, the difference. So, I, I, again, we were talking about this, too. And I think part of that is, like, when she's in the director's chair, no one is giving her fucking notes on her performance. And, like, when she is zooming in to her, like, scenes, like, literally working from home, like, she has to be in a different location. I can't understand how this works. Like, there is an element of, like, a wall put up between her and the other actors. And, again, this is a Hallmark movie. Like, I know we're not dealing with, like, you know, the the grittiness of, like, a precious or whatever. But, I mean, the, the, the lack of, like, cohesion between her shots and the rest of the movie genuinely make it seem like nobody... She was not in check. She was just allowed to do what she wanted to do as a director. She was just telling people what to do. She was just pointing at things. The scene where it's the most apparent to me is there's a scene where she's supposed to be sort of like the stage mom who's attempting to sort of helicopter parent over the pageant. And there's a group number that the kids are doing. And she's like off to the side. She's supposed to be sort of the overbearing mom who's like Mm -hmm. coaching the kids through choreography. But she's... 20 feet away from these children and there's so much space between them and it looks almost there's a split in the curtain that's behind them (laughs) and it looks like two like that old school style like any any old school television show when they brought like the kooky cousin of the main character who was just the character in a ponytail and like a different pair of glasses um it's given like stefan arkell and like myrtle visiting steve urkel realness and it's Mm -hmm. like there's all of this space between them and i was like yeah i did get the vibe that like this was shot separately and also there would be close-up shots of mariah carey like in like being more active and like engaging more with these children from like a distance and then there would be like a wide shot and it was like it was like she was trying to get the attention of the craft services person to tell them (laughs) to put her croissant and berries in her trailer so that the so that the muggles on set wouldn't cough on them while she was shooting it is she's giving nothing in these wide shots and i'm like this is completely different energy i mean she's giving nothing in the close shot close shots she's giving she's not even and the thing is mariah carey's actually playing the most fun character to play because she's playing like the super bitchy overbearing like you know ex like homecoming queen Who's like now like the, the adult mean girl? The adult mean girl is what she's doing, and so it's like it feels like really surprising because it's like I feel like if Mariah just acted more like Mariah, it would have been more successful. Like there's no Absolutely. like there's no sort of grandiose like diva like behind it, but like it's like but the character is gesturing to that, but like she's not fully embodying it. So like even like her really like there's some cutting lines like. First of all, the very first interaction, which happens after the aforementioned, like, therapy session that Lacey Chabert tries to put on that secretary at the office who's just trying to get some damn copies in and, like, see if she can get the coffee the coffee machine working. Like, but right after that, she bumps into her former uh, teacher, I mean, her former classmate, uh, Mariah Carey, um, and that was a joke because of the age difference. I said her oh. former teacher. Um, it it flew right by and now it's dead because everybody knows once you explain it it goes in the dumper Uh, (laughs) but anyway they bump into each other and like the first thing that Mariah Carey's character says to her is like hi how are you doing I'm married see she puts out her wedding ring and she shows her ring she's like what about you what about you you married 
and like it's just like it's so much and it's like such a missed opportunity because mariah's like sleeping through them she's sleeping through these lines baby she's just she like like she's trying to hit she's got to get to craft services like she's late for lunch she's got to get to that that bowl of only like red m&ms in you know in her dressing room if you pay attention to that writer then you know that exactly i remember reading that mariah carey wanted all of was it like all the this is probably not true but i remember like in her writer it was like all of the brown m&ms taken out or something like that i mean i've seen that about a lot of different i feel like i feel like it's sort of like a trope it's like legends where it's like pull out a certain color of m&ms you know or i'll lose my shit color of m&ms would there be a color that you wanted all of or would there be a color that you my thing is they all taste exactly the same. So I know, I but we're just living in a preference. fantasy world. Is there a color that you'd get rid of? Uh, I, I have zero preference. What about you? you know, uh, I don't really have a preference either. If I had to pick a color that I was like, I want to... It would either be like... I don't know. I don't know if a color you get I rid would, of. I, I, I remember when they came out with the blue M&Ms. I was a kid and I was really excited about that. Me too. So I, I remember that too. I, I, why, why did that have us by the fucking throats when we were kids? <laughs> it all like, tasted the same. Exactly the same. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> there's going to be fucking blue M&Ms. You guys, I, we are not ready for this. We got to prep. We got to prepare. And I then, was really excited. Of course, they tasted the same. So I feel like I, I, that excitement is never actually worn off from me so i would definitely um i would definitely like a bowl of only blue m&ms so i could celebrate the color i guess it was yeah it was dave said when we were kids what about now instagram has us turning to ad turning in for ads now i mean they, yeah of course but like you know wait specific... i don't understand what do you mean dave we're choosing when... m&m colors now still just yell at oh, Dave. He, he says one thing and just disappears on us, isn't he? He's really phoning it in. I think we have to have a, pro- a talk with him about his salary. Because I want to, I want to, I want to cut it at least. <laughs> we did vote. We voted. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. democracy, yeah. Yeah, we were kids, though. And that's we were... the difference. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And I'm the biggest, I'm the biggest fucking victim. Yeah, um, yeah. That Instagram was some... got me. Always... Always making it political with this one. He can't, you know? But then he's got a boner for Gorbachev. So it's like, where do you really, where do you really, you know, stand? And it's hard to tell with him because I remember he blew a fucking gasket when that Berlin Wall came down. So to hear this now, it's just, it's revisionist history. I remember being really excited about the Blue Moon. I remember I was a stupid kid, so I thought that the Blue Moon was going to taste different. And I remember like... The I don't reality know if of I it. I thought that it was or not. If it not, and then me also being like, of course it doesn't. Like, what would that even mean? <laughs> like one M M&M and M that tastes different than the other M and Ms. But I, I, I was gonna say I'm surprised we haven't gotten like a purple or a pink M M&M, and M. But I feel mm. like they they're really like weird about about adding colors because they like to have their 
they like to have their specialty like totally and i feel like the purple and the pinks are like that's tropical skittles game and i don't think that eminem wants to get in on that one second i accidentally my fault i accidentally hit the um i accidentally hit the thing hold on hold on <laughs> they <laughs> give me a moment your default, yeah, I know it's changed. Oh, did it change back? Oh, it says it changed. Yeah, it did change back, right? Does it sound the same, Jane? Like it was before in the microphone? You're talking very close to your microphone, so it's very. Does bad. it sound the same, Jane? I moved it back now. My hand yeah. accidentally touched the cord. Yeah. yeah Does it sound good? Sound good, everybody? Yeah, you sound a little loud, but I feel like you're just trying to sound loud. Oh, I, I the original sound turned off, and I just turned it back on. So are we sounding good now? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely it does. All right. You sound louder to me than you did before, but maybe that's just It's probably because I finally feel confidence in who I am as a person and I feel like I have a voice <laughs> and that may be what it is. Actually, you sound better. Okay, let's go back. Okay, so I was just going to say you were saying that about the 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 purple and the pink imminent uh, skittles oh, oh yeah so it seems like pink and purple are like our tropical skittles game and i think eminem just eminem's don't doesn't want to get into that game that's a separate thing are there not like first of all i also want to be clear that i know we've been talking about eminems for a minute but i also want to be clear that i know <laughs> what is this i know <laughs> Hold what on. is this podcast Hold on, I do want to say, I know that you can do customizable, like, M&Ms, though. Like, you can go to the website and you can order, like, really cute, like, customizable M&Ms in, like, particular colors, which is, I've, which is, I've never done it, but I think it's really, like, a fun thing to, to know that you can do. I so, like, you can do get... that for their weddings, you know? Yeah, like, or just for like... their Wednesday. How about that? Okay. Who doesn't okay. want to come home to, like, a customizable... Oh, God, I would inhale those things so damn quick. There's do no you ever... Point. Do you ever raise up out of your body sometimes when we're having these conversations and recording them and think, I cannot believe people listen to this fucking podcast? No. No, I when don't. We, because I well, believe in myself so fiercely. When we do a, 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 a not-so-tight 10 minutes on M&M's. Look. Well, what I was going to say is it's really funny how, like, in thinking about this Christmas movie and in thinking about marketing, it's really funny to think about, like, yes. the ways that, like it is used and the, and like it is so and especially when you're kids it's so successful like with oreo like i remember like i always got really excited when oreo changed colors i remember like valentine's mm -hmm. oreo having like red filling oreo has Oreo's got a having... lot going on for it and i will say this movie actually i don't know if you spotted it because it was so 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 subtle the folgers there was, there was some product placement in this movie where <laughs> they held a shot on like an industrial size like tub of folgers coffee for 12 minutes I swear well to God. she moves into this house that's just been waiting on her and there's no nothing needs to be turned down by the way there's no like <laughs> there's no claws need to be taken off of like furniture that's just been sitting for years everything's mm -hmm. rearing and ready to go and the, but when she walks in there's the shittiest welcome basket well, ever sitting on like the counter from, and in the from middle aunt from aunt sarah played by the legend the icon kathy Jimmy. Mm -hmm. get into mm -hmm. it um and it is a uh it's a ba it, it has right in the center the the piece de resistance is this plastic tub of Folgers coffee 
And it's just like, you could have kept that, or you could have just thrown that in the cabinet, girl. This is not, like, a game changer. The moment. It's like... I would be so like, bummed if somebody gave me, a like, a basket, like, it, in the middle of it, it was, like, a, like a tub of And they're of treating it like the shining... It's got the same... Because it has the same like lighting the, as Mariah Carey. That's why. It does. It does. And they're treating it like... It is the Fabergé egg in the middle of this gift basket. And you're like, I literally would throw it out. I mean, I am a bit of a coffee snob, but I like, I'm not that much of a snob, that's that, but like. That's that guest I, coffee. That's that guest coffee. You <laughs> that's that guest coffee. Can I offer you a steaming hot cup of Joe? <laughs> Do you have any stuff in your home that's like, you pull out a version for the guest and then there's another version for, for you and the wifey that you, that you like. <laughs> clearly that's a yes yeah i do and it's it's only because it's it's there's this whiskey that i like that's expensive here we go and so if someone wants a whiskey drink at our house i use a different kind of whiskey interesting (laughs) but i'm it's not it's because it's it's expensive you know i mean it's I guess, of course. That's like... Yeah, we yeah. Nobody was curious about why we didn't think they cost the same amount. Um, but it's not like I use shitty whiskey. You know, I'll I'll do it. I'll do a still. You know, a very acceptable, delicious whiskey, like mm-hmm. a like a bullet, or I guess it's a rye. But like, well, I guess whiskey is rye. But whatever. Anyways, you know, something good. Not like I don't serve my guests. You know, plastic handle of whiskey. Interesting. That's good to know. I don't know if I have an, if I have an item, but that That's was That's the uh... only thing. That's the only thing. Otherwise everything else, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I have anything that like I'm that I'm mindful of like there are times where like I know I've made something and I'm like I don't want to share it cuz I'm like oh it's real good. Mm-hmm. And like I'm like I'm just going to leave that on ice in the back. I've had that happen before <laughs> where somebody was over and I before I made a thing, I was like, "Oh, I'll like this will be like dessert." And then, like, I'm, <laughs> like, chopping, then, I, then I'm, like, oh, that was really video. good, and there's not as much as I thought, and then I'm, like, chopping up fruit and presenting it to somebody. <laughs> I'm, like, some of these apple slices and this banana, and I've got, like, a three-tiered chocolate cake in the refrigerator <laughs> that my hungry, hungry ass is, like, no, 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 not for the guests. <laughs> you and your hungry guy. <laughs> hey, me and my hungry guy. But yeah, the the Folgers coffee gets a really, really beautiful treatment, and mm-hmm. it, the lighting is honestly very similar. It's like That's levitating at, at one point in the movie. Um, <laughs> as Mariah Carey coos Noel behind it. Um, it gets it shows up in multiple shots. There's a shot when um, when Kristen, the Lacey Chabert character, uh-huh. is um, she's entertaining Danny Collier comes over, um, who she's gonna fall in love with. And she's entertaining him, and they have dinner. Which, by the way, it was weird to me. I get really nitpicky about weird things in movies. Shocker. Uh, you w- welcome to this podcast, me fucking too. <laughs> but like they were, she was serving like this. What I love like... how. Wait, hold up. I love how you said that. Like that was this was the first time you were gonna do this. It's like this well, is because... what this fucking podcast is based on. But okay, this sorry. was particularly picky. Like okay. so, she invites Danny over for. Um, I mean, Danny's doing, Danny's working overtime though too. He's doing everything that he can to ingratiate himself to her. And she to, like, didn't invite him over. Emily was like, can Danny stay for dinner? 
Yeah, we yeah, but I mean, he's planted the seeds though, in hopes of, of course, plant, in hopes of being able to plant the seed later. But yeah. they're having dinner, and she she's gonna make dinner, and it looks like I don't know what she made for dinner, but it looks it does not look good. It looks it's like, a lasagna. It's supposed and, to be lasagna, but the, it looks and like I wrote a note on top. I wrote a note about this too, because Danny makes a comment about like, oh, this is pretty good, blah blah, and she's like, oh, I'm so glad that you like you're impressed by my lasagna, and this lasagna watery as hell and it's got like sprinkled cheese on top but it's clear that the cheese is like dry unmelted possibly cold cheese like the food stylist on this fucking movie boned it in the food <laughs> stylist like... was, the food stylist is probably doing craft services as well and mariah <laughs> probably popped in and she was like i don't give a shit about that you know. <laughs> well, I bet it was like a like a my salad. It was yeah. like a half defrosted like Stouffer's lasagna, and it was yeah. so watery and gross. It and, looked like, really it was distracting. It looked really watery. I thought that it looked like somebody had poured queso on top of something. I was like, <laughs> no, what is this? This I is a it was a weird mount of whatever, and it was also like it was served in like a like a ceramic dish, like a nine by thirteen like casserole dish, mm-hmm. and like but everybody was eating off of paper plates, and Dave was like. Why do you care, Brandon? I was like, I don't know, but it bothers me. It's like either you unpacked or you didn't, damn it. Exactly. Like, and it's like them eating <laughs> well, off these loose paper plates and then her getting And up... the thing is, we know that that was made in aluminum tin. I'm sorry that oh, you for can't sure. convince me otherwise. <laughs> for sure. There's no there's no reason not to. It would be a silly use of time to make exactly. a train to make it to bring in a chef to use their talents <laughs> for this one scene. Um <laughs> Also, I knew when I saw that queso and what looked like queso to me on top of it, and I was like, "What in the hotel's going on? This is not lasagna." <laughs> and then she gets up at one point to make him a to make him a cup of hot coffee. You know, like people do at night, coffee. Um, well, I am and it really... wasn't a sanka. I... It wasn't a sanka. <laughs> people drink coffee in the evening all the time, especially in Europe. But you wouldn't know that because you're just such you're so American. You know what I mean? That's right. You went to Europe, and I stayed here, and I took care, and I I think nursed your dog back to health. Because we when are, I got him, he wasn't walking. We won't. We won't be doing this. Yeah, our lawyers will be taking care of it. Yeah, you should be exactly. hearing from Mister Learner and Associates pretty should, soon, Mama. You should. And you know who co-counsel is. You Anymore know who co-counsel is gonna be? On the Sarkeesian record. and motherfucking Sarkeesian. I got all of them. The whole crew. We them boys. Um. So yeah, the the Folgers was front and center. It was it was lit up, and then Dave noted because it's a shot. It's like a close up when she goes over to the to the coffee maker that's in the den for some the in the dining room. She goes to uh-huh. pour a cup of coffee, and the shot of the that that sexy shot of the Folgers is right there, illuminated. And then when she goes to sit down, the Folgers is gone, and Dave was like, "So they," I was like, "They added that in in post. That oh wasn't even a real God. damn. That wasn't a real damn." jug a, a jug a plastic jug of Folgers they I didn't doing, even notice they're that. playing tricks That's they're doing tricky crazy. stuff they were probably Folgers probably they got that contract after and they're like what do we need to do for you to help us this ship is sinking <laughs> what do we need to do please help us we have a director who literally won't show up to set we have we, we have spent the two-thirds of the budget on on lighting one person we have absolutely zero conflict in this movie we need your help and then and then what are they doing like all like all of the of the greats do before they fall completely mm. you call up folders big wigs 
And you the ask for a meeting. Part of waking up is folders in your cup. Oof. That was rough, wow. and I'm sorry about that, listeners. Um, but it's it's real <laughs> I life. Apologize. I apologize for Brandon. He's not. He's not. We all heard. You heard me well, have my moment in the it. beginning before Jane came in, and it <laughs> sounded juicy, and then things changed. I started it. Um, you wouldn't let me have my moment. But then after you started it, I was trying to guide you out of where you were because I, I wasn't sure. Your, I didn't need your guidance. It was my moment. Then here you go, Jane. Right now, this is your opportunity. <laughs> I have a question for you. I have a question oh. for you. Oh, pivot. <laughs> Interesting. I Just have, what I fucking thought, listeners. I have, a, I have a question for you. Answer. I mean, question away. I'll answer it. <laughs> Why the fuck do you think Kathy and Jimmy did this movie? She needed. She probably needed to pay pay for some work on her guest house or something. Um, it's not a part. It's just like it's ideas is what it's, it is. It's, it's a bunch it's of a, ideas on sticky it's a, notes. <laughs> Hundred percent. She has her character has no arc, no purpose. I really. said to Dave, I was like, the only thing because when we meet her character before she moves back to Silver Falls, Ohio, when mm-hmm. we meet her character at the diner and she's talking to Danny Collier, and the moment that they start speaking, I said, oh, this is a guy she's gonna fall in love with. Um, yep. But I, I thought to myself in the middle of this movie, I was like, so, so Kathy and Jimmy's just here. For this, like all Kathy and Jimmy does is focus on Kristen. Like her whole her whole 100%. world is about Kristen's like love life, and like getting Kristen matched because Kathy and Jimmy like runs this diner. Which by the way, like Kristen shows up and like has no plans and doesn't know how she's gonna like make ends meet at all. She leaves 100%. her job. She appears to be a moderately successful like fashion designer. She leaves that job. She moves to this town, and then she's like the first day because one thing to know about this movie is that everything's happening quick, okay? The first day that she gets to town, she's at her And aunt's... yet, and yet, nothing's really Nothing happening. happens at all. But, but please go ahead. She's at her aunt's <laughs> coffee shop after she drops her daughter off at school. She goes to school, like, that first day. And I then know. She's... I thought that was weird, too. It was like, they, like, literally got in at nighttime, and then it was like, all right, time for school. And I was like, girl, didn't have a moment to adjust. She woke up, and she tossed that peacoat at her. And she was like, ready, get ready. This is your new normal, baby. And this one's not getting canceled by NBC. She threw that jacket on her, and she was like, let's get to getting. And she was at the coffee shop, and she's talking to her aunt, and she's like, oh, I could, like, I, I could work here. And I'm like, okay, nothing wrong with being a server or waiting tables at all. But it's just like, what are you doing? Like, what's the plan? And... There is zero plan. And there's zero, like, discussion about, like, well, I really need to think about my next move. And if I want to be in the fashion industry. It's like, there's, there's, no, there's no, there's no vision. There's nothing going on, and she asks, she says, oh, I could, get, I could like, work here part-time. And Kathy and Jimmy's like, you ain't said nothing but a word. And she tosses her uh, apron, <laughs> and the next shot is her, is her throwing orders back to the kitchen staff. Like, she's like, oh, can you? Right now. It's like, I, I, I didn't finish moving into my house yet. I've got a Rotel lasagna that I gotta, that I gotta get in the oven for dinner. And she's like, no, 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 baby. You work for no, auntie no, now. No, no, no. Get, go get to hear those. Go take care of that two top over there. Like get that hair, get that hair net on. Get that hair net on, sis. <laughs> not in, not here. No strays here, baby. Also, there's a scene when she's taking an order from this no, table. I know that. I know. I have to talk about this. It. I infuriated me. Sorry. Please go ahead. Please go no. Ahead. I wonder if we're talking about the same one. It was okay. a scene with the three people. Like yes. Okay. The, I, I was like, this scene pissed me off. So 
so fucking much. I was like, I, 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 it was, it's, it's a part of a smaller scene and it's so, okay. So it's three extras sitting at a table and Kathy. Not extras, not extras. They had had whole lines. Featured extras. Featured baby. Featured. Featured extras. Um, sitting at, who, who uh, by all accounts seem to be robots. Um, and Neener, they, Neener. they were like, Kathy's like, what can I get you? Blah, blah, blah. And one guy goes, meatloaf. And the girl next to him screams, fries. And then the other person goes, chicken pot pie, no peas. Holds her hand up like this really quick and says, no peas. And she goes, and it's all in service of Kathleen Jimmy's stupid fucking line. Oh, ha ha ha! Give peas a chance, which is upsetting in 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 and of itself. But when I tell you how annoyed I was, like you can't order a chicken pot pie and request no peas. It's fucking baked in there. What do you think? What do you think happens back there? It was a really, it was a really weird choice. It stuck out to me too because I was like, "That chicken pot pie was made last week, so what's yeah, in there is in there." Of course, like, exactly. It's getting microwaved, baby. Yeah, they're nuking it, but it that's is. it, kid. And also, I thought it was really funny that the person who just ordered loose fries, because I, I was know. like, "Why just? Why not just a burger? Like, why fries? What why? weird people are eating? Everybody here is supping. We're having a meal. <laughs> like, we can order fries for the table." Right. Or like, why are you like, what's your main? What's your main? Are you what's your main? The, are you splitting the meatloaf? Also, yeah. like, I'm sorry, but like, there are very, you know, I'm not a big meatloaf person, but not you like only, my meatloaf, like, though. I do. I do. Your meatloaf is the actually the only meatloaf that I really like. Thank you. Because it's really fucking good. And there's so much going on. But I feel like like flavor wise, but you. like, Actual meatloaf that I've had in my life is just a like thick block of meat with no flavor. I most people don't flavor their meatloaf like you flavor your meatloaf. Yeah, it's it's because I had to come up with a new recipe because I got tangled up in a relationship with a joke of a of a person <laughs> who didn't like meatloaf and he doesn't like the the ketchup he doesn't like that ketchup shellacking of the meatloaf so i had to come up with a new way to keep him to keep him satisfied so to speak okay and so i came up with my my recipe which is a meatloaf but it's got like a gravy on it like a mushroom gravy and rosemary it's not it's like it's not like normally like how meatloaf is like thick and like what's the word like cloggy like cloggy that's a word that is made up your meatloaf is not like that it's, it's very... because it's part it's part it's part beef it's part pork and it's part veal mm. and so it's that combination that it's a little bit it's not quite as heavy yeah um, it's it is lighter thank you jane that means a lot to me yeah. Um, well, I'm glad, and that's the only one you'll get today, so. Okay, well, I'll hold on to it. <laughs> um, yeah, but these three, I like that we both thought that that was funny, because it's also like, just pick something else, then. Just pick something else, because you're not going to get this, or you're going to get this pot pie with peas in it. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to pick them exactly. up. Exactly. Like, but it was really, like, a funny moment. And this movie has, like, lots of, like, weird funny moments. <laughs> <Set me. laughs> it also, I'm going to go, okay, so one thing I do want to talk about, and I know this may get me in trouble. Okay, I'm will. hey. Get yourself in trouble. I love that. Okay. I wasn't going to talk about it, and I did write about it, and I spoke with Dave about it, and he thought that I was being a little ridiculous, but it's okay. my truth. Okay. 
Okay. So in this movie, Emily, the daughter, she becomes a student at this school. Mm-hmm. And she becomes really good friends with the janitor at the school, the custodian. Mm. And they have a weird relationship. Okay, I wrote about it in my synopsis. I totally agree. There's a weird, they have a weird relationship. And also, look, I'm just going to say it, okay? <laughs> There's like, I feel like this was filmed in like a very will they, won't they way that I didn't appreciate. <laughs> There's lots of moments where like they're giving each other these like looks that I'm like, why are y'all looking at each other like that? Where are the <laughs> teachers? Why are you alone with him? Like, I don't understand. Why are you never doing janitorial work? You're and always like, seated over. why is he seeking her out? He's seeking her out. There's a scene where Lacey Chabert shows up at the school because Emily forgot her backpack. And he's like, yes! oh, that's Emily's backpack. I know that. And it's like, and Lacey Chabert's just like, hmm. It's like, no. Why? Why <laughs> oh do you know God. my daughter's backpack? She's, she started yesterday. Brandon, why do you, you know? Have- the same brain because I have a note on there that is literally like if a janitor if I walked into school with my child's backpack and the janitor said oh that's Emily's backpack I recognize it I'd be like why the fuck do you recognize my daughter's backpack you need to step off and I've been here all I we've been here barely a day she came in the <laughs> middle of the day yesterday why when were you conferring with my child and he's like speaking so knowingly about her and he's like oh that's Emily excuse me she shows, he, there's a picture also. He's like, oh, I found this picture outside. I, I Something tells me it's Emily's drawing. What? Oh, he, found, he her, finds her journal. Her journal. He's yeah, like, I found a journal. journal outside. Something tells me this is Emily. What? What about this tells you that it's her? Why also, do you know You know her so well all of a sudden? Also, I just am like, I, I, re- I wrote about this in my synopsis too, where it was like, Emily's got a lot of adult male friends. She's very close with the choir teacher and has yeah, like weird. sessions alone with him. And then when her mother asked the adult choir teacher, who's supposed to be her love interest, hey, so like, what, how are the sessions going? What's going on? He's like, oh, can't tell you what's going on there. And I'm just mm. like, no, you <laughs> tell her. You, t- you tell her every goddamn detail. And in fact, she should be there. Like, she really should. There's no <laughs> secrets. There's no secrets. You and my daughter don't need any... There needs nothing secrets. that the two of you know about that I don't know about. What's going on? I don't want a surprise. Because I'm scared of the surprise I'm going to get. So you just tell me what's going on. Let's keep everything because on the up and up, The sir. surprise could be real damaging. Yeah, and so. you're going to get a surprise real quick if you don't start speaking. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of like weird relationships. And they're also all happening. Like There's a lot of secrets happening with these weird men. And it's like, yeah. I don't know and who you are. And I know are. it's supposed to be like Santa rose-colored Claus. glasses, Hallmark movies, None of that could happen Santa in this Claus. small town. Yeah, but if I was in a small town, I, my hackles would be raised. <laughs> Absolutely. And if I was like the principal, I'd be like, what are y'all doing in here after hours? Why are you in here with this 10-year-old? And why are y'all, y'all doing a jam sesh? Not, un, not, like... not unsupervised. <laughs> not on this school property. Not by the hair on my chinny chin chin. We need to do this out in the courtyard, somewhere open where there's lots of air and there's other adults to gauge. And eyes open and on you. And yeah, the second I hear anyone talk about secrets between the two of you, we're exposing every single secret. It's too much. It's too much. And there's a lots of those moments, and it's lots of secrets, and it's lots of things that we're not talking to mom about, but we're talking to these random dudes about. And it's just like no. 
So that's like another thing. Also, this guy who is no nowhere near the age of Lacey Chabert. So it's like y'all were not contemporaries. Oh, he's uh, we looked him up. He is like eight years older than her or something. Yeah. As well. So it was like it's y'all like, didn't go to school together. He looked like he stepped out. <laughs> uh, he literally just stopped applying just for men hair color and made it to set. Like his he pr- hair probably is did, like baby. is is colored with boot black. And he it, <laughs> he swung by that Tim Hortons. And he got to set is what he did. Um, it's also, well, I was going to say Dave also mentioned because we looked up the ages and we saw that there was like Lacey Chabert, Danny, and then we've got Mariah um, as like, you know, on the other end. As, yeah. And Dave was like, I think he was supposed to be like the age bridge between like Lacey <laughs> totally. and like, to sort of like massage some of this distance and exactly. i was like you know what like you know what you're probably not wrong that's why somebody right in the middle and they'll be like the link um because well, it's also I, like oh yeah you go no i was just gonna say like i actually thought that that actor was like good with what he was doing i oh, mean yeah, he was fine. He's fine like mm-hmm. he was he, like i mean but <sighs> that character was so boring like he's yeah. just He's just a milk toast, like non-human person, like a two D idea of a boyfriend. He know? did. <laughs> he like he anything she she thought of, he made it happen. He created yeah. this. He had this relationship, this incredible relationship with her daughter, which is what they were trying to do. We know right. with their one on one jam sessions, they were trying to give them their own connection that was like independent of her. And it's like mm-hmm. almost like he's able to connect with Emily in a way that she isn't. So it's like even more of a reason why he's like the perfect guy for her. But it's like mm-hmm. any I, anything that she needs, any moment of like hesitation that she has when they bump into him, when they're like at like the they're, they go out looking for shopping for a Christmas tree because they're going to a Christmas tree for the house. Um, and they, by the way, the background shot, you can tell by how tight that background shot was that like the, the quote unquote snow that they're mm-hmm. using, it was like literally like right behind them. And they were like, we're not spending any money to do, to do it any further than this. So you keep that <laughs> shot tight, tight. And you keep it as tight as Mariah's face. We're not going any, <laughs> we're not going any wider than we need to, baby. Um, but he's there also, to help the them spray, get the tree. Home. The Christmas, the the like snow spray on the trees was just like white spray paint. It was yeah. so bad. They were just trying to. They probably were pushing up against that deadline. I I'm saw sure. online that these Hallmark movies are made in like between fourteen and twenty one days, and I was like, you know what? I believe it. I um, absolutely believe that. Absolutely. I yeah, I one thousand percent believe it. And so they're like. They get the tree home, and he's once again proven himself to be, like, very helpful. There's also this moment that's supposed to be dramatic. By the way, I missed in the very beginning. I, I was taking notes, and I think I missed when they said her husband died, but I knew he was dead. Um, yeah. But... Because, because that's, like, makes her more of, like, a, 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 a empathetic figure. Well, her goodness like... is still intact, because it's exactly. like, he didn't run off, so it's not, you don't have to be like, what did you do wrong? Right, she didn't fail at all. Why'd you make him leave? Ended. It's like, okay, why does your husband? I mean, sure, people. I know people lose spouses, but it was just like, I don't know, man. It was just. It's so honorable, though. There's something so honorable about it. Like, there's nothing anybody can say when you say that. Nothing. Nobody can judge you because (laughs) when you share, oh, I've been divorced. There's like all of these questions that come up, like you know, and like loser. Yeah. What? Yeah. What happened? Oh, you didn't look the same after your wedding day. Huh? Somebody, um, somebody emotionally that was unavailable. On you, right, sweetie? Yeah, you worked too hard. You didn't, you didn't clean up well enough for your. Man. Why'd you make him stop loving you? 
<laughs> um, but like when you know the instant like stuff, it's like I'm a fucking widow. No. <laughs> yeah, I wondered the same thing. I wondered why he left too. And you know what? I didn't have to ask yeah. a mistress because my husband loved me more than anything in the world. I shook my fists at God because that's the only person that could take my husband away from me, baby. Mm. He loved me. He went down on me constantly. <laughs> and I noticed that they made it. I don't know if you caught this, but they made him pass away when Emily was two, which means Emily's now nine. So it's seven. She's a blank slate. She's a blank slate. So she's had enough time to grieve and move on, and you know, be ready for love. Se- you know, seven years is a long time. And Lacey Chabert <laughs> said that she hadn't been with a man since her husband died. So mm. we know as well that her purity is still, you know, as intact it's, as it's, it. It's uh, almost re, uh, reformed itself. I think her quote purity. was, I'm basically a virgin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that I makes that sense. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, we've got ourselves a pure-ish woman. And, <laughs> you know, she's got a daughter who needs a dad, of course. Because mm-hmm. the binaries are firmly in place. So, mm-hmm. it makes sense that, like, she would be, like, you know, open to the idea of this guy. who Also, the thing about these small towns, too, which they don't talk about, is it's like every everybody's already run through everybody. So, it's like a new person in town... <laughs> You jump on it because you're exactly. like, oh my god, I gotta lock it like, down as quickly as possible. I gotta get this before anybody else does because then we, you know, we can't all, pa- you know, pass her around. Oh god, Jane. Also, like done to everyone else. <laughs> oh well, everybody's god. already done it with everybody else from high school too, and it's like she's back, so it's like you gotta get in you there, and me, it's also I like get in first, <laughs> and it's like don't talk to any of the teachers at this school though because they're gonna tell you that I'm horrible in bed, but you know it's not true. They're they're just trash. They're just they're. <laughs> They're trash in the sack. That's why they're going to say that. And the only reason that I wasn't able to, you know, hang to stick around for longer, you know, was because of them and their bodies. So I just want you to know that, like, (laughs) I'm basically fresh like you are. Um, It's the driven snow. But, yeah, it's very that she... There's also this moment because they they let her be kind of vulnerable. Um, And, like, she pulls out this box of ornaments. And it's a really dramatic moment for her because the ornaments are all broken. And I, I couldn't figure out why it was, but then I thought maybe it's because they're in a fucking hat box. Why'd you put those <laughs> damn ornaments in the most fragile of boxes? And you're like, you've got them in like tissue paper. Yeah, of course they broke, you dummy. We have the same goddamn notes from this movie because I wrote, really? You have the audacity to fucking sit there and cry. The shock. When, when you packed those like they were a fucking you know bowling balls. t-shirt yeah exactly and she also had the these delicate glass ornaments in the same box as a heavy porcelain framed picture of her daughter so those go knocking or that frame goes knocking around it's gonna break all of those those um ornaments it was like this was on you you just packed like you, like nothing would ever get shifted in the night also, the photo's not ruined. It's just, like, the frame is, like, chipped on the corner. And it's like, just get a new frame. Also, you if know. you wanted this to have more emotional impact, it should have been a photo of her dead husband, not a photo of the uh, kid. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. she's in the other room being a brat. So why, does she, why, so why would she be, like, unraveling at this baby photo? That's completely fine, by the way, and just needs a new frame. Go on Amazon, order a damn frame, and move on. None of this is special. None of this. It, none of this can't be replaced. Like, no. this is unnecessary. What's happening? And like, I think Lacey Joubert felt the same way because it was clear that between shots, somebody came in and dropped a couple of Visine droplets right on that under <laughs> eye. And then, and then Mariah said, "Action!" 
And then Lacey was probably like, hey, Mariah, you know that lighting you had yesterday? Is there any way that I could? Nope. Nope. Are you talking about my the lighting from when you believe that I used yesterday? <laughs> Bitch, are you the prince of Egypt? It's not for you. That was for me and for Whitney. Only. Only. Um, I do have a question for you. Ask away. Hold on, I just lost it. Oh. Okay. I do have a question for you. Don't get racist, but you can ask it. it. (laughs) Okay. Wasn't wasn't going to, but I appreciate the the encouragement, the warning. Because you know what? You're right. You're right. We shouldn't get racist here. This is not Elon Musk Twitter, okay? <laughs> so, um, on a scale from one to ten, how annoyed were you with the daughter? She didn't bother me. Really? The only thing that bothered me was in she would do this thing. So, there was a moment when her and the janitor—I already said—the talk was getting greasy between the two of them. And there was a moment <laughs> when they were parting ways, and she bit her bottom lip when she looked at him, and. <laughs> I didn't like that. <laughs> she did do the... Okay, so we noticed that she was doing this sort of, like, um, she was, like, pat, like doing this, like, smirky side lip thing a lot. Like, to, like, I don't know. I don't know what she was trying to prove, show in that moment. But it wasn't so much the young actress who actually did, like, a fine job in this. Yeah. It was the, the, like the writing for this character because it's like what nine-year-old is so invested in her mother's like love life i just feel like kids at that especially nine years old even if they really care and love their their mother and want her to be happy and want her to find someone they're not like trying to like make sparks fly between their teacher and their mother and she was like she kept like saying things and like winking at them and whatever and it was like this is not kids don't do this and that's why these writers should not write for children no, it was really, like, it was really weird. And also, like, there were, like, these just, like, there were, like, these, there were these weird moments where she was, like, sort of, like, they would, like, the adults, the two adults, her mother and then the Danny character would be looking at each other and then the camera would go over to her and she would have, like, a smile on her face, like, bigger than both of their smiles. Yeah. And it was, like, <laughs> I, was like... <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like the joy you're getting from, like, whatever may happen here tonight. <laughs> like... You you want it more than she does, and that makes me yeah. uncomfortable. Like it's so I gross. need for this to work, and it's like you don't. You're a kid, yeah. So like go go play with a spin top or something in the other go room. Do like kid things. Yeah, go do kid stuff. Go write in your journal. You know, but I don't know what kids do. I have no idea what kids do. I'm realizing that I'm <laughs> speaking out loud right now. I don't know what it's, I don't know what I meant by spin top either. But after I, I said either. it, I was like, "What is it? 1922? I don't who's know. Just, who's I, playing with spin tops anymore? I, I don't. I, I truly don't. Were you playing with spin tops in your time? Yeah, I liked the spin top occasionally, I but I, I didn't back really. in my day, you know, yeah, it wasn't was in the 1920s. It was different it was in the though. 90s. It was. It was that. It was. Um. We. You know. Pogs. 
Well, pogs, pogs and slammers. Yes, we loved our pogs. I I and I never really played with them, but I had. A, I didn't I had either. A, I had a crazy collection of them, though. I did, I I didn't. I didn't buy them. I would. I got like a few like free ones from like friends, but I never got it. I never got into them. And I would like sit and watch my friends like play with like the slammers, and then they have these like big binders with all of them in them. And I was just like, I don't understand what we're doing here. But like, I guess I'm here for the ride. I'm here for the. Journey. I was here for them, and we used to go to Michaels, and you could get them from michaels they sold them and Mm. one of the ones that was really popular was the there was an oj 32 it was super popular and i don't know why and i think everything had already happened at that point so i don't know why but there was a lot of oj 32 i was in texas too maybe that's what it was i may be wrong about i think that's oj's number i think that was his number when he played football um or i thought james by the way um, simpson courtney's dad uh Mm -hmm. so uh i mean chloe's dad sorry I mean, allegedly. Allegedly. allegedly, allegedly. Um, no, is that hairdresser? But um, but yeah, no. But I just remember having them, and I remember like trading. But it was like there was. I remember being really into the trading thing, but then doing nothing with them, which like I guess checks out for me as a kid. But you know, performing childhood. But yeah, this kid like she's alone a lot, and like most of her time is spent worried about like, you know, her mom and like hoping that things work out. And also, we haven't really touched on a while, but like. As everything's going on and as, you know, Lacey's character of Kristen is trying to acclimate to this community and, like, find her footing, she's getting pushback from the head of the PTA, played by none other than Mariah Carey. And, like, Mariah feels very much like they, like, like, like Kristen and this PTA don't belong together. And it's very clear because I think that Mariah had a vision, a vision Mm -hmm. of PTA, Harmony. Oh, Oh, sorry. I think that she would probably give her all. Mm. You know what I mean? And she's probably thinking to herself, ooh, one sweet day, you are going to be gone. And I'm not going to have to feel all of these emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And my little girl is always going to be my baby. Always. You you cannot take her away from me. The idea of you taking her away from me is a fantasy. Mm. You know, featuring old dirty bastards. So it's Mm -hmm. like... That's really what you better get out of here. Fly like a goddamn butterfly. Why are you so obsessed with her? You know what I mean? That's probably the first thing that she's going to ask. All right. Because Mm -hmm. she may be sweet, but it's not always going to taste like honey. Sometimes (sighs) it's sugar and spice, you know? Oh, man. You are unmatched. (laughs) Thank you. That was. um, So that little piece of theater was. What's your favorite Mariah Carey song? Do you have one? Okay. This is really hard, but I think um, uh, the one that pops into my mind is, so, is Always Be My Baby, and it's, um, it's first of all, a fantastic song. Second of all, it's um, Tara, my wife, does not dance at all, and she didn't dance at our wedding at all, but when that one song came on, at our wedding, that was the only song that we danced to because, and we like slow danced to it. <laughs> yeah. So anytime that song comes on, I always think of her, and it's like taken on new meaning to me. Um, oh, that's sweet. Now I'm gonna think of you. Now I'm gonna think of you too every time I hear that song. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, she there there's so many. I mean, she has a an insane catalog, and I love all of her songs. But that one is just like the closest to my heart at yeah her, ca- her catalog is wild and like the wildest thing is that mariah pretty much wrote all of those songs and it's like i know crazy I know. to it's wrap your head around crazy. that's the thing that really separates her 
Um, uh, absolutely. And also, I mean, like the incredible also voice as well. Because yeah. There's some who can do one of those things really well, but the other things sort of like you overlook the fact that they're not good at. But she's mm-hmm. one of the few who sort of like does it all, you know? Absolutely. Um, um, what about you? What's your favorite Mariah Carey song? I think my favorite Mariah Carey song, this is a random one. That's but okay. I think my favorite Mariah Carey song is probably Breakdown. Um, oh, that is featuring random. Bone Thugs and Harmony. I mean, um, that's a great song, but it's literally, so... I probably haven't heard that in years. I mean, I love that song though. That's my number one go-to Mariah Carey song, and I, I, I just, I love it. I love it, and she gives you sort of like wow. so many levels on it. Bone Thugs is really mm-hmm. killing it. Crazy Bones going in. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a real mood, you know. Mariah Carey is like she's the queen of like bridging sort of like pop and like soul with like hip hop and, and rap. She's the very first person to do an R and B song that had a rap verse on it, and it was with Jay Z. Um, why the fuck is it? Is that true? Oh, no, 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 no. It's not Jay Z. It was, um, I think it was Old Dirty Bastard. Hold on, I, I have to look. Um, up. I think Shaka Khan would like to have a word with you. Let me rock you, Shaka Khan. Let me rock you, rock you, rock you, Shaka, Shaka Khan, because I feel for with you. a oh, you rapper. Too... That's a rap, baby. Baby, baby, when I look at you, I get a warm feeling inside. I feel for you. I think I love you. She's definitely probably the first to go number one. Um, I, uh, I heard this somewhere. I can't remember. Did you hear, was it on, was it on Facebook that you heard it? Was no, that, fuck you. That's one of your news sources. <laughs> I fucking hate you. I literally never go back. Uh, oh, Old Dirty Bastard's on Fantasy, right? Yes. So, maybe Fantasy is the first song, R&B song to have... That cannot be true. That can't be right. I don't know. I don't know. was like 94, 95. That can't 95. Be the first, that can't be the first time that like R&B artists and like rap artists did a song together. That'd be wild. I would imagine that it may be the first number one. And she definitely like brought it to like the culture, but I don't know. That should be hard to believe. It's also I, such a like slippery thing to like try and like yeah, find the I'm history see, of because it's super like. I'm also like, seeing people mention Shaka Khan right now. I'm telling you. <laughs> on this Google search. Okay, well, whatever. We don't have we don't have time to look it up now. But she's one of but she's one of the pioneers. But she's and one she's of the, one, absolutely. And as and as a person who sort of sort of straddles that line between like R and B, soul, and pop music, it sort of she had like a kind of like she had listeners from both sides of the divide. And I think that she really did like make it like this huge part of like the culture. And so I think that that is something that she did because I think that the level at which she did it was sort of like unheard of. And I think that fantasy was such a massive hit and it became such a huge part of like her artistry. Like, and she loves that sort of like mixing of like, you know, soul and R&B. We don't get any of that in this movie, but it's just something no, we're no, noting. We get, no, we get nothing, we get nothing. She's only actually in like three or four scenes in the movie, which is really funny. And they're very like, they're very like carefully sparse. We get that introductory scene. We get the scene where, by the way, they're doing a daytime PTA meeting for some reason. And it's like, which is who can so attend? Weird. It's not, it's not a daytime PTA meeting. It's like literally first thing in the morning. She drops her kid <laughs> off at school. It is. 
why it's so yoked. early. It is so early, and I there's all PTA meetings were like in the evening, right? I mean, like... I would imagine unless it was like a lunchtime like situation, but it's weird, and yeah. they're all all of these parents, and by all these parents, I mean the ten extras who they hired. But that's right. the thing. That's also a running theme throughout this movie. They're like they're just barely hiring enough extras in any given scene to give the air of something like exactly. the scene when like there's a scene when emily's in the cafeteria and when i tell you there are five kids in this cafeteria <laughs> like they are like these shots are tight and they are like don't you get any of this we don't need any of this background we need these five tots right here this is what we need we got five lunchables we got five kids that's what we're going to be getting framed in this like that's the whole name of the game with this movie with any group shots it's like they've got 10 people Absolutely. And the final scene where they do the big concert, the Snowflake concert, there's like six people watching. <laughs> but they yeah. try to like pad it out, make it look like the whole town's there. Well, that's the whole thing too. And Dave actually, Dave had a couple of like really like funny like things that he observed in the movie that I did take note of. One of them was the fact that like this this hometown, this like big pageant, which is the big event that's happening that everything's sort of centering around and that, you know, in the beginning of the movie, Kristen's trying to get like Emily a spot in this pageant. And like as the, you know, as the head of the PTA, Melissa's like, um, no, like auditions have already been held. It's too late. And Lacey's sort of asking for an exception to be made for her daughter since they just moved here. And Melissa's like, we've made him, if we make an exception for you, I have to make an exception for everybody. It's like, well, anybody who has a student who's like a mid-year transplant maybe, but like, I mean, that seems fair. That doesn't seem like a crazy exception to make for students. But like in, but like this pageant that everything's leading up to, it's on Christmas Eve. And Dave was just like, why is it always in movies that any of these events are always happening on Christmas Eve? Like, that's not a thing that we do. That's, it's not a thing that we do at all. We are all, all You do that family. shit two weeks early so exactly. that people can have time to spend with their... No parents are like, are like trudging out in the snow on Christmas Eve when they've got like pies and like... I don't know. That's how I do it. We're eating wherever I'm at. Of course. But like, if they've got food in the Christmas oven, like Christmas Eve is the eating day. I'm it's yeah. It's family. when you're putting it yeah. back. So it's mm -hmm. like, but these kids are just like trudging out. Like, they, like these kids are out here on Christmas Eve, the day before Christmas, doing this pageant. I would be so pissed if I was a parent. Like, I know. <laughs> it is just not done. And no. if I was a teacher, also, by the way, like, and it's everybody's like, gonna be. Yeah, here. exactly. Like, I gotta be at work on Christmas Eve. Absolutely not. And, yeah. And. Should we should should let's talk about the final performance. Should Hold on, we before we get to that, I do want to oh, talk okay. about okay. So when Emily gets here, and then you know Lacey Chabert is like, my daughter, she can sing. I really want to like get her oh, a yeah. moment, mm -hmm. and like you know Danny's a music teacher and he's in love with her. So he's like, yeah, for sure. Even after yeah. Melissa says no, he's like, oh Whatever yeah. Whatever you want, babe. Whatever you want. Babe. Well, but it's also like you're the you're the in charge of the PTA. You don't get to make a decision on who gets to audition and who doesn't get to audition. Absolutely not. You get to Absolutely be in charge not. of the PTA. Yeah. And so. <laughs> but like then like she like for some reason the audition has to happen this day and like little emily has just gotten done with her first day of school which is extremely like stressful thing and then like yeah you know Kristen picks her up from school and then she's like hey girl we got an audition for you right now and it's like she goes in here and she's still wearing her pea coat it's like there's not a like, did you get her a lozenge or anything are we diving right like, into it i don't see a, a root cola cup of tea like <laughs> and she's and then and then she's doing um what was the song she was doing i, it was, like I think she just decked the halls which and is she, like not and then a she song got, that like shares vocal ability at all but also she got lost in the follow la 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 it's like what's going on that's the easiest part of the song girl she was like follow i was like you didn't forget la 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 did you <laughs> We got, I didn't even we got bigger that. problems. 
if you, if you don't remember that, kiddo, I don't Honey, know if we if need to be ch- pinning a new track. So that we is might, like... We might need to get a specialized education plan. <laughs> that part. And so also the other thing I want to talk about was Haley shows up, right? Is like, love is in the air. We have our Kristen and character. She's about to fall in love. Well, she's already pretty much fallen in love with Danny. Um, over a very short period of time. Haley, her friend, who we mentioned earlier from the city, who does wedding designs for Butler. You've heard of him. Um, shows up. <laughs> Butler's department store. Okay. Shows sure, up I... at Emily's, uh, Kristen's front door unannounced. She just shows up with like on news. Christ- it's like on Christmas Eve. It's like on Christmas Eve. She shows up. It's or a day, day before, before Christmas Eve. Okay. And she's like, hey, I got like, I talked to the buyers at Butler and they want to create like a line with you. And so you need to, like, make a decision if you're going to stay in this town that you just moved to or if you're going to come back to New York since apparently they're not willing to let you work, like, remotely. New York? Los Angeles. Oh, Los Angeles. So lost, baby boy. It's, they're when lost, to, too. We're all lost. To, when it comes to geography, I can't even imagine what goes on up there for you. Yeah, I can't imagine what goes on what goes on up there <laughs> for you, too, okay? Good one. Because I can tell you your geography. You're on the fucking outs right now with me. That's where you are. So Haley comes, Haley shows up in the town <laughs> And she's like, hey, girl, I got you this gig. And I just kept waiting on, on Kristen to be like, hold on. Like, how did they make an offer like that without speaking to me? Like, all through you as, like, the intermediary? They Like, how much money are we talking about? Exactly. Like, there's so many questions. They didn't want to talk to me based on, like, old designs that I did. They don't want to know, like, what my artistic vision would be for, like, this line. They don't need to speak with me. They just literally want me to pack up my bags and move back to L.A., and you've handled everything somehow. And it's then, just wild. There's no way they would get that far in the process without having no. a conversation, at least an email with Kristen first. Is, like, well, is this a person is, who wants this? Exactly. Where is the paperwork, too? Like, is this a job offer where numbers are on the table? We know exactly what's going on. Haley's just like, they're going to pay for your move back to L.A. And it's like... I would love to see something in writing. I would love to see something in writing. And, like, why... No company would ever get this far without talking to the actual designer. It's just wild. And it's It's the most movie thing to ever happen. It's also wild because Haley once again showed up here unannounced in this Mm -hmm. town she's never been to before and hopes that, like, Kristen is going to be in a position to to house her. And it's just like, like... Make a phone call. Like, why can't you make a phone call, Haley? It would have been so easy. And you could have <laughs> saved yourself some grief because you seem to have gotten yourself really tied up in this. And I don't know, they may be pissed at you because you made a lot of heavy promises that you hadn't really <laughs> conferred with your, your your butt about. So Absolutely. It's all happening. And this is one of the central conflicts as we, I guess, find it ourselves... It happens five minutes before the movie ends and gets Bef- resolved two minutes before the movie ends (laughs) and then as jane mentioned earlier we end up at this pageant which Mm, you know we've been preparing for the snowflake concert everybody in town's been looking for and like one of my first notes about the snowflake pageant is a she's a designer kristen's made all these costumes for all of these kids she was Mm going to make a costume for melissa's daughter but she said my mom's gonna buy me a store-bought costume and then ultimately we discovered that the store-bought costume is trash compared to the, the outfits that kristen made and the little girl's the little girl's really upset and like melissa tries to like confront 
you know, Kirsten about not making her daughter a costume, even though it was like her doing the reason why exactly. she didn't. And she's like, why'd you listen to a little kid? You should have like, which like, to be fair, she's not wrong. Like you should have conferred with Melissa to be like, hey, your daughter said this thing. Is this right. true? Or is it just a nine-year-old talking? Well, it um, doesn't even matter because she made the fucking costume. So she made like... her a costume any fucking way. <laughs> And yeah. she gives her the costume. <laughs> so then the pageant starts, but like right before the pageant starts, um, something that I would call inappropriate happens. We mm. get Kristen going over to the music teacher, Danny, yep. her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and she sits on the bench next to him and she starts trying to have this heavy conversation with him about like the relationship and about where they're going mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And it's like, girl, this isn't the time. And like all of these parents are watching you, a new parent in town, canoodling with the music teacher over on this piano bench before the pageant starts. And I just can't imagine anything messier and to begin like a school pageant. Kiss in front of everybody. They're seconds away from kissing, and all these kids are about to perform the pageant. I mean, he's just the teacher; he's playing piano. Also, he's playing all... piano, but but during um, Emily's big number, he's supposed to be playing piano. For Emily, they've been practicing this, practicing this together and writing this together, and it's like their big moment. And you can see his hands up, actively clapping, not playing the piano. And I'm like, where's the music coming from, Mr. Collier? <laughs> also, right before this, this all starts, Emily goes, I mean, sorry, Kristen goes, good luck to him. And Dave was like, why is she, why is she wishing that grown man good luck? Like, <laughs> you're just like, doing your job. Like, there's nothing at stake for him. Exactly. And I was like, you know what, that's a good point. Um, so, so then these kids start. And then we get the song, which is called Oh Santa, and is wholly inappropriate. And it is a very sexual, sexually suggestive song for a nine-year-old to be singing about her relationship and with Santa. the faces she makes while watching the janitor, who is supposed to be Santa, dancing in the audience to this. Like, and she's giving, like, too much She's giving a lot for this song, and the song's a lot. And the song was written Mm -hmm. by Mariah Carey, and it's a lot of talk, but, like, she's changed the lyrics. This is a song called Oh Santa, which I think was on one of Mariah Carey's Christmas albums. Mm -hmm. But, like, she's changed some of the lyrics for this. So, like, instead of it being about, like, her, it's, like, it's about, like, her mom. And there's, like, a... But there's, like, a... Yeah, it's like... It's it's getting together and, like, having a love on, like, One of the lyrics that this kid sings... One of the one of them is uh, Santa. If you get this letter, won't you help me out? I know you're kind of busy with your elves right now, and I don't know how you do the things you do while I sleep on Christmas Eve. And Dave was like, "What are the things he does <laughs> while she's asleep?" And I was like, "That's a good question." Well, what I think the- I think the implication is like go to everyone's house and drop. But off the way, gifts. okay, but, but it's the like way, but it's I totally agree. You do the things you do on Christmas Eve. It's like, what's going on? <laughs> this is too much. And then she talks about Santa sliding down her mom's chimney. It's too much. Oh, God. And everybody... <laughs> and then, and then the camera goes to, like, Lacey... thought of it like that. That is fucking ill. And then the like, camera goes to Lacey Chabert, and she's kind of like... <gasps> she's got this shocked look on her face, but she's still loving it. Yeah, And so it's like, everybody's on the ride. Mariah's yeah. still in the movie, lit in a way that no one has ever been lit at nighttime. Absolutely. And she's in the corner bathing in light. (laughs) Literally glowing. (laughs) And is like, and also like she's really upset for some reason about this child like having a moment. I don't understand why she's so competitive with this nine-year-old child. I don't think she knows either. I don't think. And she directed this joint. (laughs) And 
then finally when she realizes the message of the song is that she wants her her mom to find love with her teacher they kiss on the piano bench in front of the entire fucking the entire school, school is watching and they start kissing it is so inappropriate <laughs> and anyone Tara, with any modicum of decorum Tara looked up at the end of this movie and she's like this movie just shoves love in your face like a clown with a pie <laughs> Like, no nuance, just shoving your fucking face This in. happened, and then this happened, and then this happens. Yeah, and everyone fucking loves each other. And it's but, like, like, not everyone, because everyone's been so invested in this one boring love story. Like, oh we don't God. get to see any other characters fall in love. Have, There's no alternative love frankly, either. Frankly, zero chemistry. It's like, no. It's like, I, it looks like you're watching someone, you know, kiss their sibling. No, the deepest moment is like the moment when where Dummy realizes that she packed all those bulbs and they crushed because bulbs gonna do what bulbs do, and she's shocked by bulbs crushed. And then he's like, "It's gonna be okay." And then she's yeah. like, "Are you God?" And it's like, which is so funny because like the character of Mister Collier, or Danny, Danny Collier. No, Mister Collier. Put some respect. Sorry, on. it's it's Mister Collier to me. You're right. He has no other life. He no. doesn't interact with anybody else. You don't know anything about his family. You don't. Know he interacts with her aunt. His... That's yes. the only thing we get. Exactly, and talks about Kristen, and that's it. And talks about having gone to school with Kristen. And early yeah. in the movie, also when he first meets her, she doesn't remember him from high school. And then yeah. all of a sudden, halfway through the movie, she's like, "Oh yeah, we were in high school together, and worked on this project together, and this project together, and you did this, and you did this for me." I'm like, "Where's that?" And then Dave was like, "Well, I mean, you know, so sometimes memories come back to you." And I was like, "Yeah, kind of, but like she's giving very specific memories about occurrences that like mm. she remembers. Like, oh, you worked on this project with me, and you did this, and you did this. It's like." Yeah, what's going on? Like, yeah. so clearly, like, he's been pining after her for years while she had, well, she was in the big city in L.A., uh, I don't know, striving for mediocrity. But now she's back, <laughs> and, you know, she's got this sweet job. Also, at the end of this movie, she decides, of course, that she's going to stay in the town, and she doesn't want to uproot her daughter and whatever. And I just kept thinking, like, we still, I still am waiting on you to ask how much money they're offering. And you to have a... <laughs> And have a conversation with Danny and be like, hey, like, I don't know, come with me. Would, like, you, would you be interested in going to L.A.? Like, what's in this town for you? Because we've never seen you with a friend. We've never seen you with a parent, a brother, like anybody. Like, You've me. been literally on ice waiting on my husband to die <laughs> and a situation to present itself where I come back to this town. And like, so, you, like, make, you make a small town choir teacher's salary. Do you want to come to L.A. where I could possibly make a lot of money with this fictional clothing line absolutely butler's department store is thinking about selling it so <laughs> you know and i love they should have had the shot of like her actually finding out how much money it was and then being like i'm making more than that waiting tables at my aunt's diner i'm good <laughs> just unceremoniously if that's the case that fucking silver falls ohio diner is popping and dave is 100 percent correct because she did say at the end that she was going to relocate her business to ohio and oh. make it work why? from there. But by work the way, in Los Angeles, why would it work in Ohio? There's also no reason that she couldn't do. I feel what she what they want her to do from Ohio. Absolutely. That's what she, yeah. This the whole idea of her having to be there doesn't really make sense anyway. If you're this no. crazy about her, 
Yeah. But we didn't but we didn't do remote work in 2015 when this movie came. I out. mean, I know. I get that it was a novel concept, but I mean like people yeah. like create designs and then send them off all the time. Also, right. she can like, maybe, maybe do they once can a month. fly her out every once, once a yeah. month to like to meet if and like confer with people. Out. Yeah. Or she but. can create like the patterns and she can create like you know like uh samples and then send them like they're like i just mean like the idea that you, they want her this bad that they're willing to like relocate her but they I don't know. want her bad enough to talk about some sort of hybrid situation is just really funny um also to me. look at All us nothing. we're we're on we can talk left and right about how much of a fool she is about not negotiating this but we are the ones sitting here talking about that's because i'm obsessed with lacey chabert movie and she's my favorite actress no just like she's mariah's favorite actress of story integrity look i'm doing my job i'm doing what my listeners want okay. me to do okay and it's not always going to be easy and it's not always going to make sense to everybody and it's not and always going to be quote unquote worth i it. will say that but, it did make sense but you know uh, the hallmark execs aren't worried about that they look are it's not counting. right but it's okay you know it's all right but it's okay they're counting their fucking dollars so you know and we enjoyed it i this movie was oh, very oh i had a blast uh, yeah i mean i fucking ate and yeah, it was so much fun. Loved every minute of it. So Absolutely. even though we spent the last however long ripping this apart, we did what we do. Okay, we, we did what we're paid <laughs> to do. You guys should fucking watch this movie. Like it was honestly. a lot of fun, and we've fun. been wanting to watch this one forever. We have been so talking I'm happy that about we it we, before we started this podcast. We were like, oh we yeah, need to watch the movie together. So since it I'm came out, we finally did it in 2015. Yeah. But yeah, so. Yeah, so Bran, I have a couple questions for you, and hopefully you're comfortable, and this is a safe space, and you can answer them here. I'll decide when I hear them. You've gotten okay. me before. Okay. Um, number one, would you watch this movie again? Yes, absolutely. Uh, of course, me too. <laughs> it's a smooth, it's a smooth ride. It's, it's a, a, it's a it's clean a, hour it's a twenty, clean baby. Clean <laughs> hour twenty, and everybody's having a good time. <laughs> absolutely. Okay, and then the second one, which this is this is actually what I'm super nervous about, and I hope that and you, you should have be whatever it is show, shown up for me in the way that I that I need you to. Um, I've shown up for you the way that you deserve. What's the well, question? Okay. <laughs> do you have a movie for me to watch next? Week? I do, I do. Okay. Um, it's a movie that I had hinted at before, <gasps> um, and uh, you're gonna be like, yeah, you're gonna be excited about it. Okay. I'm taking us back to 2013, and we Ooh. are going to watch the second part of the Best Man trilogy. We are going to watch Best Man Holiday. <gasps> oh my god, perfect! I just, why did I just get goosebumps when you said that? <laughs> I know, because I remembered that we talked about it when we when we did our Best Man episode, which you should all yes. go listen to, Absolutely. in preparation for the episode next week. But it came to me, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? We should do... Our, we should do the Best Man Holiday episode this week. So good. Well, I'm so. like, I'm really excited. I l- obviously love the first one. I can't wait to watch the second one. And um, we hope that you guys had a good time this mm-hmm. time around listening to us go painstakingly Ham. over every detail of a Christmas melody. We got to do the work, um, you know. We ha- Someone has to do the work. And I'm proud of that it's us. We love you. We appreciate you. We um, hope you're having a fun holiday season so far. It's going to continue next week. But if you want to keep in touch with us, you can find us on all of our social media and let us know, you know, whatever's on your mind. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Movies We Missed. And you can find us at Twitter at MWM Chat. 
we appreciate you we shall see you next week for best man holiday bye 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 also i just realized that oh santa this song this is the song that mariah does with with ariana grande and jennifer hudson Oh my God! Where Mariah and Ariana visualize—they do the whistling and harmony. Yes. Yep. Oh, that's a really good song, actually. That's a really, really good Christmas song. It's a fun song. Just weird for a nine-year-old, you know. Mm -hmm. Very strange. We did what we do, okay? We did what we're paid to do.